Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you, God, for the gathering of your people. And now as we get ready to go into your word, we ask that you will just reveal yourself to us as we continue along this serious topic of outcasts. We thank you that you are the redeemer of anyone that has been cast out. So we thank you and honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we are on our third episode of our series the out, called Outcast, the Friends of Jesus. And today we're going to emphasize that Jesus not only wants a relationship with outcasts, he has this goal to have us be a part of the kingdom of heaven. So not only does he want a relationship, he wants us to be a part of. He wants us to interact. He wants us to be an effective and efficient portion of the kingdom of heaven, the citizenry of heaven. Now we've had, as I said, we're on the third episode, so we've talked about the searches on in episode number one. We talked about the look of love in episode number two. We talked about, well, we're talking about today the effort of appreciation. The effort of appreciation. Our definitions for today are this, an outcast, an exile, a pariah, a person cast out or rejected, Literally, that which is cast out. Effort. Effort is a straining, an exertion of strength, endeavor, strenuous exertion to accomplish an uh, object, applicable to physical or intellectual power. And our final definition today is appreciation. Appreciation is a is setting a value on, a just valuation or estimate of merit, weight, or any moral consideration, a rising in value, an increase of worth or value. We're going to be in Luke, the seventh chapter today, starting at that 36th verse. We are in the English Standard Version. And we're going to be talking about the effort of appreciation. Luke, the 7th chapter, starting at that 36th verse, says this. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, bought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, 
he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my hair with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart. In Jesus' name. Let's go through this story for a moment to talk about the effort of appreciation. We see here that a Pharisee, one of the, I guess we can say he was a rich Pharisee because he had a nice little place and he invited Jesus to come and visit with him. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, a house that has a courtyard in the middle of it, but in the Middle East it's pretty typical that if you were wealthy, what you would do is have this courtyard in the middle of your house so you had this little opening if you've been down to um, New Orleans you will see those type of courtyards where it look like you know the house is all around it and this big opening in the center where the sun could come in and all that stuff so this is typically how those houses were and what would happen is when they invited somebody over that they would allow the public to come into the courtyard and listen to the discussion because, you know, they wanted everybody to know that they had this person over to their house. Now, one of the things that we can, dis we can deduce about this Pharisee named Simon is this, is that he liked to show off who he knew because he invited Jesus in to his house, but that's all he did. Now, the tradition was this. When you invited somebody over to your house, the, the basic common courtesy was that because you know they wore sandals and they didn't have paved streets, so their feet got dusty. So you have offered them some water and a towel so they could wipe their feet off. Now, when uh, we lived in Hawaii, one of the traditions was that you didn't take your shoes into no one's house because of all the... The, the red volcanic dirt, and so you didn't want to track that through people's houses. So they would actually have a little rack right there for you when you walked in, you take your shoes off, and then some folks would even offer you some uh, 
little things to put on your feet if you wanted to uh, to come in the house. Now, they ain't offer you no water and all that other stuff to wash your feet, but I'm just saying that this is a tradition of not trying to trample in from the outside uh, into the, to the inside. And the other thing that they would do is they would give you this bowl, and if they were, you know, if they was really, you know, the, the, you know, the high people, they would actually have a, a person that was there to wash your feet. And what they were, the next thing they did, because they were not really big on deodorant back in that day, they would give you a little oil, a little fragrant oil, to, so that you could put on your hair, so you can put on a little smell good. All right, so, you know, this is some things that they would do. And then when you would come in and you were now smelling good, you're feeling good because your feet is all nice and, you know, cleaned up and everything, they would greet you with a kiss. And this was the tradition, and they would sit you down at the table. Now, let me explain something about the table. The table was probably about 10 to 12 inches off of the floor. And it had a bunch of pillows around there. And what you would do is you would lay on your left arm and you would eat with your right hand. And this was so everybody could see uh, one another as they were participating in this dinner. Now, as you're laying on your left arm, this would cause you to, uh, contrary to how our tables are set up, it would cause your feet to be projected out and away from you, okay? So, as you were listening to this story, you were trying to figure out how this lady crawled underneath the table to get to Jesus' feet. Jesus' feet were already pointing out, so they, it was just natural that you could see his feet. And it says this woman, we believe through the commentaries that she was probably of the lowest regard because she was a prostitute, uh, had come and was listening to what Jesus was saying, or it could be she had heard Jesus before and found out that she was at Simon's house, so she decided to go and listen to what Jesus was saying. Now, she got so excited about what Jesus was saying. Think about this. This woman, who is considered the worst of the sinners, goes to the house of the man that is supposed to be the most holy, righteous man, and not only does she go to his house, not only does she stand in the courtyard, this woman decided to walk up in his house and stand behind Jesus. And I'm picturing in my mind that it says in verse number 38, and she was standing behind him at his feet. And because she realized who he was, that she just began to weep because she was just so overwhelmed with emotion. She, it says she was weeping, and she was weeping so much that the tears were falling on Jesus' feet. Now, not only is this a prostitute woman, not only is she at the holy, man, holy man's house, not only did she walk in his courtyard, walk in his house, but the worst thing that she could have done on top of that is she took her hair down in public. She takes her hair down in public and begins to use her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. This woman, she just brought, violated all the protocol 
the, the procedures, the processes. This woman, not only is she a sinner, she just, just don't know what she's doing. She is not only, she's the outcasted of the outcast. She's, she's worse than the worst. This woman is jacked up from the floor up. And not only, she got a lot of not only, huh? Not only did she just go into his, go into his public area. Not only did she walk through the man's house. Not only did she stand behind Jesus. Not only did she put her hair down. She kissed his feet. Now, what you want to sit up there and say, the worst thing that you could tell a person, to make a person feel real bad, you tell them to, Kiss my foot. <laughs> this is like the, the lowest position that you could tell a person to go, to be. But she wasn't told to do this. She did this to show how appreciative she was to be in the presence of Jesus. Now, check this out. Check this out. The next verse, he then brings out the fact, he says, now, if... It says, the, uh, verse number 39. It says, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, I want you to notice this. That a, that a self-righteous person don't say a lot of stuff out loud. They always in their head saying, well, if they was. And if they, but he didn't say this out loud. He said, if this man was a prophet. So this says that he heard about Jesus he may have seen some of the things Jesus done, but he wasn't sure about who really Jesus was. And so he was like saying within himself, he must not be a prophet because if he was a prophet, guess what? He would know what type of woman this was that was touching him. So the Pharisee is bringing out the fact that he believes that you can get somebody else's sin just by getting touched by him. He had that type of attitude. That's why we don't hang around sinners because we don't want to get no cooties on us. We don't want to get no sin on us. Okay. Because we are the Pharisees. We can't, we can't, we can't deal with that. Ooh. Mm. That. Mm, those people. All right. And Jesus said, now see, this, this is what messed, this would have messed me up. If I'd have been thinking this, and then as soon as I got done thinking it, Jesus says, hey, I got a question for you. And then, you know, you just like, okay, what is it? He says, there were two men, both owed sums of money. One owed 10 times as much as the other. And the person that they owed this money to decides, y'all don't owe me the money anymore. Who would be the most grateful? And so he sits there and he thinks about it and he says, well, I would suspect the one who had the larger debt. And Jesus tells him, yep, that's right. And then it says, he turned not to Simon, but he turned to the woman. So that means Jesus was looking at this, talking to Simon, and then he has to turn because the woman's at his feet and begin to talk to her. 
And he says, hmm, do you see this woman? I'm quite sure Simon said, mm-hmm. He said, then Jesus said, I came into your house. I was invited as a guest. You ain't give me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You ain't even give me a, the, the, the basic greeting of a kiss. Not only did she kiss me, but she kissed my feet. <coughs> you ain't even give me no smell good. You got me all funky up in your house. But she's anointed my feet with ointment. He says, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And so this is how we got to our subtitle of the effort of appreciation. As we looked at this woman who was an outcast, which is a part of our series, this woman who was the lowest of the lows considered in society, that she violated protocol, she violated the rules in order to show Jesus how appreciative she was in order to bless him because he had blessed her. Now, if you look at it though, it's not that he had blessed her and then she was giving him appreciation. She had the mindset that if I can be around him, he's going to bless me, so I'm showing appreciation before I get the result of what my expectation is. So we have to sometimes look at what God has done for us and realize that everything that we go through, he somehow takes it and rearranges it to such a point that it gives him glory. And it works out for our good. And so she saw this, I believe. She began to look at this and she began to operate in the faith that something good is going to happen to me because of this. And when she got in his presence, she just began to cry because she realized, I am right here. I am this close. This is been to happen. Now, we always have them folks, the insiders, that cause me to, to be the outcast will be shocked at your behavior. You're not acting like you're supposed to act because this is how we declare that you're supposed to act. And Jesus has to explain 
that the reason they're acting the way they're acting is because they have been transformed. They have been renewed. They have been changed because of interaction with me. And so as we are going forward in the story, we see that sometimes we look at folks and say, why are they doing that? But if you don't know the context of what they, they're doing, it could be strange. Because you didn't know or you don't know what that person has gone through, why they sit in service and cry, why they are so appreciative. They don't have the, 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 the greatest of anything in this world, but when they come into the service, they just cry and they're just before the Lord and they won't sit down. They always hallelujah and why don't they just shut up so we can hear the preacher. What? You know, that them kind of people. But if you don't understand the context of what they're going through. Now, what we discuss in Bible study is this. In order for you to get the context, you have to know the pretext. What happened before you got to the context. Because then that will help you to understand the post-text. What happens after the context. And so as we look at this, if you understand what this woman had been through, how she had been pushed down, how she had been trampled on, how she was considered to be ostracized from everything, she realizes who Jesus is, she gets into his presence, she begins to worship him, then you understand how on the post-text how she felt so appreciative of what he's done. Because we have to understand the context of what was going on. Now you look at it and you say, oh, okay, she just... But no, it's a little bit deeper if you understand what she had gone through. There's a, there's a new saying around in, in the church world. I don't look like what I've been through. Now, I don't understand that sometimes because I, if you've been through, then I think you should look like you've been through. But I understand, I, let me take that back. I do kind of understand what they're saying, but if you start peeling it back, I, I'm sorry, my little analytical self. I apologize. You're, okay, you don't look like what you've been through, bless the Lord. All right, so my point is this, that when we understand the origin that got this person to this location, yes. to this current situation, it provides us with a deeper appreciation. We may not totally understand why. However, we can under, get an indication of what led them to do what they did. Now, in this story, we can say that Jesus was using this woman to reveal to the Pharisee what the good news can do to somebody's life. Mm -hmm. This woman, if you would think about it in today's context, would be the thing that comes on after you watch the late night shows and you have what they call an infomercial come on. 
And the whole thing about the infomercial is to get you to focus in on this product and figure out why you need to have this product. This woman is this living infomercial of the gospel. That you could be what's considered the lowest of the lows. And you can go through the process of being put down as low as you can go. There's a saying that sometimes people put you down so low that you got to look up to see the underside of a snake. So as we look at this and we can see the process that how she has now been redeemed, we can understand her level of appreciation. She, she went and got alabaster, which was one of the most expensive ointments that they, could have, that they had at that day. She goes in there, and after she cries and kisses Jesus' feet, she anoints his feet with this alabaster. Now, I, I don't, I heard, I ain't going to say I know, I heard that when you get the really expensive, really, really good perfume, a little dab will do you. Yes. If you put a little dab on, it, it, it'll fill up the room. But this woman done opened up the whole bottle. She done filled up the house. I think that's what got the uh, Pharisee a little bit upset. Because he like, man, you got my house smelling like this alabaster. And I ain't even want to do none of that stuff for him. But it, her appreciation, when you realize what God has done for you, that he can use you even with all that stuff that happened before, he can still use you. He still wants to use you. He has a probability, I mean not probability, he has a position for you to serve in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, yes, you may have did this. Yes, you may have did that. He still can use you. Amen. Yes, you may have said this. Yes, you may have said that. He can still yes. use you. you may, yes, you may have done this. Yes, you may have done that. He can still use you. He not only wants you to be a part or a, a citizen of heaven, he wants you to be a operational, a effective, a citizen of heaven that causes things to change around you. Amen. Now, sometimes people can feel because they were an outcast, because they were marginalized, because they were not in the center of everything that was going on, that that may have a pull on or a restriction to the level of relationship they can have with Jesus. Jesus can only use me so much because I've done this. There are people that when they were coming up, they weren't really that good in sports, but their parents made them play sports. And the coach would feel sorry for them because they really wasn't that good and, and would put them on the team, but the most of the time on the team they were watching everybody else out on the field playing. 
But I want to tell you, when Jesus says that you're a part of the team, he's got something for you to do. I didn't say something. I said something. Because Jesus goes and does and has already configured how the things that you have gone through can help somebody else along the way. He already knows that there's someone that has been put down like you've been put down, have been talked about like you've been talked about, or who has felt like you have felt, and will use your life as the infomercial to help that person to understand that there's something better, a better something out there for them, that they don't have to utilize the world's products but that they can use heavenly products to help to enhance their lives. Now, this is the funny thing, though. Once you accept Christ in your life, once you have done these things, and he begins to work in you, when you realize, there comes a point where you realize how much Jesus loves you, how much he has done for you, and you begin to appreciate where you could have been to where you are going, and you realize that if you would have kept going down that path that you were going, that it would lead to destruction because you have heard the good news and now you are in a new position, you are appreciative of that. Now, where we want to just close out today is to tell you that when you have a level of appreciation for something, that you have an increase in your effort to reveal that appreciation. There is uh, a little something in my family that I, I, that, uh, uh, I, I like to use as this example. There is a dessert in my family that uh, we, we seem to enjoy a lot. Now, we've all made this dessert, but Mama makes it, I guess, because it's the love. She seems to make it the best. <laughs> now, this dessert is called Strawberry Delight. Now, what we do is, we all make it, but when mom is getting ready to make it, we appreciate her making it, that we will go say, do you need me to go get the strawberries? Do you need me to go get the whip? Do you need me to go? Do you? Do, do Because I appreciate when you do this, so I'm going to put forth extra effort to make sure that you understand how much I appreciate. I don't want you to do nothing but put it together. I, you know what? I'll pull out the pans, grease them, whatever needs to happen because I know in the end that this is going to be beneficial to me. In the same manner, Jesus does so much to, for us that when we begin to show him appreciation, when we begin to say, Lord, I know that you said 
that you're going to watch over me, that you're going to never leave me, that you're never going to forsake me, that I can do all these things because you reside in me, because you have empowered me. Our efforts increase. Our desire increases. We increase because we are appreciative of what he has done for us. And the result of what we are doing now that's coming up. So we want to show our appreciation based upon our effort. Just like this woman. She was so appreciative of Jesus that she could not hold back her emotion. She had to cry. She had to do what should have been done by the religious guy, the self-righteous guy who thought he was better than everybody else, that she had to come in, the lowly, the outcast one. And we have to realize that although we have all been considered outcasts in one way or another, that Jesus accepts us as we are. And because of that very reason, that our appreciation should be shown in our effort to show him how appreciative we are. With that being said, if you have not had the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus, today is a good as day as any. Now, it's significant. We don't know why this woman felt so appreciative to Jesus. We don't know the background of this, but something happened between her and Jesus. We don't know if she heard him speak before. We don't know if she saw him do miracles and something and it just stirred something up in her. But we realize that she violates all the so-called rules in order to show how appreciative she was of what Jesus was going to do for her before he did it. So she didn't say do and then I'll react. She was reacting because she was so sure of what Jesus was going to do. But the key is you have to have a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, you can't get the connection. If you can't get the connection, you can't get the power. It's like having an extension cord or a lamp and you don't plug it into the wall. You ain't going to get no light. So you got to connect to the source. And in order to do that, it's, it's quite simple. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that word saved means to be rescued or delivered. What are you being rescued or delivered from? You're being saved from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But God says instead of Receiving that penalty, I have a gift for you. He says, I have a gift called eternal life. Mm -hmm. So you can either choose death or you can choose eternal life. Now, I'm saying that because it is your choice. The Bible also tells us that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there is nothing except you making the decision to accept the gift that God has for you. Notice I said gift. I didn't say there's a cost. There's not anything that you can do to receive this because everything's already been done. You just got to go up to the window and receive it. 
and accepted. Now, if that is something that you have decided to do for this day, this is quite simple, like I said. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And you shall be saved. It's so simple. But it causes so many people to be hesitant. But I'm telling you, it will change your life. And if you make that decision today to accept Jesus into your heart, this is what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to let us know that you've made that decision. You can let us know by emailing us at info at godshousecc.com. And we will do everything within our ability to assist you along this journey. Because this is not a one-time thing. If we look back at the, the situation with this woman and Jesus, he said, your sins are forgiven. And when he said that, that meant that the sins, even as she falls, as she goes forward, she can still walk in the power of forgiveness when she repents. It's a a win-win situation for you. So, but we want to be alongside you to help you, to assist you to go along this path in this way. So please email us again at info at godshousecc.com. And we will definitely do what we can to assist you along this way. Well, friends and family, that's it for this week. The effort of appreciation. Your level of appreciation will cause you to show forth efforts that will cause you to be more appreciative. Isn't that something how that works? It's almost like a circle. You start showing appreciation and you start adding more effort and you get more appreciative of what God can do and has done in your life. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.